0: Hey everybody, Alex here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Podcast of the Rings. Wanted to briefly interrupt before we get into the episode for a few uh, announcements and special thanks, housekeeping stuff at the top. Firstly, we are doing a Patreon goal uh, over at patreon.com slash podoftherings. When we get to 20 total patrons, we will be recording... A Patreon exclusive episode where we will watch and review the saucy Lord of the Rings parody film Lord of the G-Strings. And that episode is going to be only available to patrons. So again, head on over to patreon.com/slash pod of the rings, pledge at any level, and you will help support the show and get access to that exclusive episode when it is released. Also, we want to give a very special thanks to one of our patrons, Jesse Glassby. Thank you so much, Jesse, for pledging at that $10 Elven King level. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would also like to get a special thanks at the beginning of our episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash pot of the rings and pledge at the $10 level or above, and we'll shout you out at the beginning of each episode. All right, that's all our housekeeping stuff out of the way for this week, so Thanks again, everyone, for listening and enjoy this week's episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Podcast of the Rings with your official hosts, Jessica Lanverde and Ben Goddard, the two coolest hobbits
2: so cool <laughs> i'm so official you can find me in the ocean
1: oh oh, oh no
2: get it i did do you, actually you, was, did you catch that oh, oh no that? what are oh. you from
1: lurlin from <laughs> zelda are you... drop
2: the bass baby
1: <laughs> oh, no! i'm Have just saying all these things zelda? for the halibut no i i canceled dude <laughs> That's
2: it. officially canceled officially <laughs>
1: have you been playing zelda i,
2: I couldn't justify buying a switch I just see. for two games because i know breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom are both great and masterpieces but i i looked at other switch games because i'm just like i like mario stuff i like mario kart i like Mar- mario 64 because that's the last time i played mario stuff honestly
1: yeah fair. was
2: in 64. and that's kind of all the the switch has for exclusivity Um, and so it's worked for them. Shout out to, to to Nintendo for staying literally on brand and being incredibly successful.
0: Totally.
2: But if I'm going to get like, I, you know, I spent so much money to get my PS5 because I wanted, you know, Horizon Forbidden West and I want, you know, Spider-Man that's coming out this year and Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that. So I'm going to stick with that
1: that makes sense I think like there's a world where you could get like a used switch just to get those games for sure you know um because it's hard to argue that Her- Horizon isn't the answer to Zelda
2: because well that's the it's so funny because like Horizon Zero Dawn came out and then two weeks later Breath of the Wild came out and like completely overshadowed it and then you but know but it still fi- did
1: good in its own right. No, it's it- still
2: an amazing game, still one of my favorite games, but it was funny just like that happened and you know Breath of the Wild won every game of the year award, every single award. And oh. then 5 years later Horizon Forbidden West comes out and you know what comes out 2 weeks later? Elden Ring. It ruined it it ruined it. and like everyone was just like horizon stop doing this to yourself you are making amazing games but you are picking the worst possible release date like someone said that about paramount where what was the first one it was because i know the second one was it was like transformers got released in between the flash and what was the one two weeks ago that I saw? Oh man, I should have- In between like right.
1: Guardians and something?
2: It was it was between Guardians. What do we got? Let me look at my AMCA list because that's all the movies I've seen.
1: Because I mean, to Horizons credit, while you're scrolling through that, it didn't, I mean, it my, might my, my not have gotten best video game of the year. People play the crap out of those games. It didn't oh, yeah. stop the that game from splashing for lack of a better word.
2: That's what it was. So it was it was John Wick 4 and then mm. Paramount released Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, and then the next week after that was Mario. So in between two giants. And that's why D&D was really good, but didn't make much money. And then... No one
1: talked about it. No
2: one talked about it. You know, it's like, they're not going to make another one simply because of box office, even though I'd love to see that cast back again. And then it was uh, Spider-Verse and then Transformers and then The Flash. So in between those two and then there's one oh with the, and then it's Mission Impossible is being released right before Barbie and Oppenheimer
1: because Oppenheimer
2: oh, the new Nolan movie
1: oh because like that's the
2: whole big drama of that Warner Brothers made a deal with Christopher Nolan and the theaters because you know um uh oh wait is it Universal I can't remember I can't remember because maybe he left Warner Brothers because of the whole HBO Max thing but whoever is producing Oppenheimer he gets every single IMAX screen in the country for two
1: weeks stop it
2: every single one And so Tom Cruise is not happy about that for obvious reasons. Cause you know, like that's the whole shtick of, I I say stick, it's not um, derogatory. That's the whole thing of like, you know, I saw a 10 minute thing at, at my last IMAX screening about that big bike jump. That's coming up in dead reckoning about how, you know, he actually did that. You know, they sacrificed like 25 motorcycles for that freaking jump. It's insane. And so he's, Tom Cruise is trying to snatch up like you know all the Dolby screens all the AMC Prime screens you know the the Cinemax Cinemark XD you know whatever like the premium screens are that aren't IMAX, IMAX because Nolan has them locked up wow. because wow. Uh, for Oppenheimer
1: I wonder if Seth MacFarlane has to show Oppenheimer because he has the only privately owned IMAX screen in the country moving right along to what we are here to do
2: if he wants to make money it might he might have to
1: (laughs) he doesn't need to make money i'm sure i mean maybe during the wga no i know he's
2: really struggling he's struggling right now (laughs) he could show family guy reruns on cartoon network for the rest of his life considering that's what got family guy back in the first place right yeah
1: yeah, Crazy. it's I I I've, I've stopped myself when having met the man t- from telling him I was in high school when it got canceled the first time. Yeah. I've had to stop myself from saying that. Anyway, you know what I just realized we're doing right now?
2: Talking about Mary and Pippin?
1: Well, I know that. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, but I, this this kind of repartee, I love it. I could never get Alex to do it. So, you know, goodbye Alex. However, we're doing a podcast about the two hobbits that do their own podcast. We're competing with them directly right now.
2: Very, very true. Uh, and I forgot to read. You know, we we meant to start the the show with you know a famous. Uh, you Mary did that Pippen. last time I
1: asked you if you wanted to start it. I know. You're like go for I know, it. Just let's I pretend it. we just started.
2: Okay. So here I'm going to send you a link in the chat. No, no,
1: you do it. It's No, you're... no,
2: no, it's a, it, we're doing Mary and Pippin. Uh-oh. So I need this is a this is a two-part thing. <laughs> so it. click on that link. It's right there at the top. <laughs>
1: okay, got it.
2: In the private chat and you're obviously going to be Mary. I'm obviously Pippin.
1: Well, we have obviously
2: I'll, to talk about. Okay. And and then I'll I'll do Aragorn's okay. voice Great. first. Great. Great. Gentlemen, we do not stop till nightfall. But what's about breakfast? You've already had it. We've had one, yes, but what about second breakfast?
1: Don't think he knows about
2: second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? Luncheon? Afternoon tea? Dinner?
1: Supper? He knows about them, doesn't he? I wouldn't count on it, Pip.
2: And that's Pippin getting hit by the apple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that. Yeah. I get so confused as to who each actor is and to and what and I I confuse Mary and Pippin all the time and nothing will ever help me
2: um okay so before I get it wrong Dominic Monaghan is plays Mary, Mary which... so that's how I do it Monaghan Mary
1: fair okay the thing is the guy who plays Pippin looks like he would be such a Mary like cuz he true. looks like happier and nicer. But I feel like I feel like Pippin is like the more
2: happy-go-lucky hobbit of the two of them.
1: It's perfect casting for the roles that they play, but just by the look of them I but even when I'm you know uh they kind of have their they have their own adventure to but together in the books. In the movies, they're they're super together. But in the books, yeah. I mean, until you get to the to uh, Return of the King, then they start, like, they kind of parallel each other with the journey that they go on by, like, ones with Denethor and the others with the other... Théoden. Uh, Théoden, and they yeah. both pledge their own allegiance to different kings in different ways. And so they do have their own journeys, but there's, in the movies, I feel... I'm having a really hard time saying that I'm just too dim and I forget who is who all the time. And I struggle to remember that Dominic Moynihan plays Mary and not Pippin. It is very hard for me.
2: I just remember because like I didn't see Billy Boyd in much of anything after this. I'm sure you know, he's had like small parts here and there. But like Dominic Moynihan, I remember I never watched Lost, but I remember seeing the trailer
1: for Lost and I was like, oh, that's Mary it's like so cute yeah and i think that's what they kind of hinged on too he probably was one of the more recognizable people
2: out of that cast I would, like, at, at that, that time, time for sure like i think you know speaking of lost uh evangeline lily like i think she made her bones in that i know you know matthew fox did uh, and I think there was a lot of, um, oh, it's so funny. I was watching tombstone oh. and like the mayor of tombstone is the older man in law. I don't know any of the characters. Someone's, you know, no, someone's you're gonna fine. crash their car. Like we said, last week. <laughs> um, we're probably
1: two of the best, most entertaining, frustrating podcasters.
2: Terry O'Quinn, uh, who mm. plays, uh, who plays John Locke is like the mayor in tombstone and like you know tombstone is me and my dad's like favorite movie and then I just like one random tombstone. time like it's the same thing with uh steven lang you know the big buff bad guy in avatar um i haven't seen the new one no he's in the first one.
1: Oh, then i don't remember oh Stephen lang let me look him up
2: you you'll know that face uh and then he was in the oh yes 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 yeah, yes um uh, the the horror movie where he's blind and like you know i've again i've seen tombstone a thousand times and you know i saw avatar and then i was like mm-hmm. Oh, he's the, he's Ike Clinton in avatar and like, but like, he's got a big old beard and like, you know, he's all dirty and everything. It just looks so different. And it was just crazy. It's just like, it's funny how just like actors just pop in your head. Like when you see something
1: as that one thing, or you would never think of them until you saw them or fell in love with them in that certain character. So, uh, on one side, the Billy Boyd side, he, you're right. He didn't work very much in America. I don't yeah, he might have worked more in Scotland. Um there was I love, and I've talked about it before, I love Gray's Anatomy. and yes. there is an uh, a scottish Scottish actor who's been on the show for years now, who also, like you know, how any TV show
2: is it Kevin McKid?
1: Yes like any tv show they'll start allowing the actors to direct cuz it kind of fills out their yeah and he directed an episode and brought in billy Boyd. that's
2: awesome to
1: to honor like the scottish in him and they're all playing bagpipes in like the ambulance area and it's and he's a he knocks it out of the park. He's like a dad who's worried about his daughter who's, like, gonna die or something. It's an emergency. And Kevin McCann, who, who can't play Scottish, who is an excellent uh, English person in the show. Or American, I should say. Um, well, oh,
2: he's American in the he's show? He's American
1: in the show. He's That's an That's insane. American he has expat. the
2: thickest Scottish accent.
1: I know. Because guess what else he's in? Do you know what movie he's in? Train Spotting.
2: He's Is he really? He's
1: like the I've only seen it once. He's like, so I love that movie too. Tombstones, like up there, train spotting's up there, but probably more from like aI'm glad this isn't Requiem for the for a dream. Like I'd rather watch that instead. It's horrifying, and there's terrible things that happen in that movie. Yes. however, Kevin McKid, is like the straight laced working out dude that they get started on heroin who dies <laughs> because he they, is, that is him yes.
2: oh my gosh that's so crazy it's
1: so wild but like again totally different people then another dominic Moynihan story i went to go see eddie izzard and she had just gotten her breasts, and she still hadn't come out as officially a trans woman. Mm-hmm. But and she like was joking about like, yes, I got these at a boutique. <laughs> like she was like joking, not eat, like admitting that she She's had gotten so funny. So this is also the third or fourth time I had seen her the first time i saw her was at the roxy or the wiltern in la and uh she was talking about being on set on a horse not being a professional horse rider but whenever the director said action the horse was trained to like go and something freaked the horse out and it sounded like a like a gunshot or something And the horse took off and all Eddie Izzard did into the mic for 10 minutes was (sighs) to imitate the horse taking off like a rocket. And Eddie Izzard on the back of this horse. I couldn't breathe for 10 minutes and I don't think she expected the joke to go that well. That She just started pretending to like jump off the horse, jump back onto the horse. We're in Canada now. Anyway, best live experience if you ever get if you're ever so lucky to go see her perform um dominic was right behind my brother and i because i splurged and got us good tickets and yeah. it was right before the pandemic and my brother and i who both of us love lord of the rings went oh crap that's who it
2: is oh i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to act like i you know i living didn't in la yeah living in la you know working at like i worked at saddle ranch you know big hollywood spot worked at you know a nightclub big hollywood spot and so like i've usually been pretty good but there's just like a a, a good Yes. handful of people I would not know how to act around and I think all nine of the fellowship would be one of them, would be some of them
1: this is how that's why I didn't do well I have also worked at a couple of restaurants I chased after Carrie Ann Moss for a bill that I thought she didn't pay I can, oh good job. I can do this I was friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger at a time and long story short my brother goes dude so did Eddie invite you to to see the show and Dominic's with a hot chick by the way I'm not saying it isn't his steady girlfriend I'm just saying she was hot and she was just like "Ah, whatever and Dominic was like absolutely chatting with my brother and like getting along so well I start sweating and the show's over so we're just standing there (laughs) and I go okay bye (laughs) he wasn't done talking to us but I was done because I didn't know what to do and Joe goes My brother, he's like, you just made that more weird than it was. I said, I know, but I didn't know what to do. And I have not cracked under pressure. I cracked under pressure like that for Harrison Ford. Fair. And Alanis Morissette. Okay. And that's it. And I give myself a lot more credit, but with him, I couldn't handle it. So anyway, we're talking about these two lovely who, is it unfortunate that we'll never be able to see them as other than those two characters? It's, you know, like, we talked
2: a little bit, and we'll talk about it when we talk about Frodo, uh, but, like, you know, we talked about Elijah Wood, you know, doing his Sin City thing after that, and, like, how, like, Wilfred and- yeah, how hard he, it seemed like, you know, maybe the, like, the role called out to him or something, but it seemed like that was, like, a very, you know, what, um, what Daniel Radcliffe, he did, like, a, a, a stage play where he was, like, performing nude Equus, on stage or yeah, something. Yeah, he, uh, so I think like, he
1: was in love with horses. Equus is heavy.
2: And it's just, like, he... Like they're, they're trying to shake those roles. Like they are actors. They don't want to be pigeonholed. I think Daniel Radcliffe
1: has though, in a sense too. I
2: think he has too. Uh, if you haven't seen Swiss Army Man, strong recommend, great movie. Um, I also have a Kevin McKidd story we can talk about later. Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, uh, but just, it is, it is tough because you know, I don't know how many episodes. Let me see how many episodes was Dominic Monahan on loss. I think he was just the first season. Was oh, 70, 77 episodes. Never mind. I was mind.
1: gonna say he was, he was a mainstay for some time. Okay.
2: So, I mean, so maybe people know him from that, but I, I feel like both of those things are pretty mainstream pop culture. So like, if you know one, you definitely know the other. Um, and so, I don't know, like, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I know they've got like a very successful podcast now together. Um, but you know, it's got it, it do, it does have to be tough. Like, would you want to do something like this where it's just like, okay, I have one memorable role for the rest of my life. I go to conventions, I do signings, I'll get, you know, as soon as I want to do a podcast or some kind of show, it's going to be there for me and it's going to be successful, but my acting career might not be
1: the same, what
2: I wanted to be afterwards. And maybe it is what they want to be. I'm just speculating, but I think
1: you go through the roller coaster of emotions, right? You have to go on to both sides. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, no, no. I I was done. Well, so like, I think about Stephanie Courtney, who's the actress who plays Flo. You booked a commercial and you're like, heck yeah, I'm going to, especially at the time she booked progressive. If they were paying national rates at that time which she made progressive progressive it was the first online uh automobile insurance company that was mainstream yeah and she legitimized that that company so she becomes integral with the company's success and continues to do commercials and now cannot book as anything because she's Flo. You can't see anything else but Flo. She's a extremely funny actress. She's part of Groundlings and she probably will never stop being part of Groundlings. And she's a millionaire. But there was a part of her that died because she couldn't do anything else. But she has since come, I'm sure you go in and out of it too. Because in this business, you have a year or two where you're killing it i was just looking at like all these contracts i had from doing best buy work i'm like dude i was a big deal for a year and a half i was making money i was making money for my agents who happened to be also stephanie courtney's agents by the way Mm -hmm. i was doing well and then it stops so what you want this career to be changes anyway and at this point in my life i think if you were to say you're gonna do this one role you're never gonna be seen as anything else but that one role but you could go live and not worry about where you're gonna get dinner tomorrow and you could go do a stage play i'd probably be really stoked about that
2: and this thing is that like stephanie courtney who is insanely wealthy like probably if she wanted to she could finance her own project if she wanted to she could finance a short film you know or you know get investors to do like a feature length if she wanted to write or direct by the way i don't understand that at all actors that want to direct tell me where to go tell me what to say i don't like the stuff especially like seth MacFarlane, you know like your bff doing like once upon a time in the west never ever looking at dailies after i'm on set for 12 oh, 12 hours it? never i don't want to do it
1: like oh my god i love i love that you know that though oh no i, think- I
2: know that like absolutely and especially because like no offense to actor directors very rarely are they not successful but like are better than their acting very oh few god. are clint eastwood who I think sure. is a better director than actor. And that's not saying anything against Clint Eastwood's acting. He's a he's fine one, actor. Yeah, he's he's one best actor and he's one best director. So the guy can do it all. But it rarely happens. You know, like a Bradley Cooper or um, oh what's uh Greta Gerwig, I think is a better director than she is an actor right. by far. And sometimes uh, you
1: need those avenues to feed into yeah. what you but it's but then it becomes different. So like the one person who told we are the going line... to talk about
2: mary and Pippen eventually i promise guys. well
1: it's all it's all hand and foot it's all the same thing the one director that told the line perfectly that i think that someone like quentin tarantino gets horribly wrong is alfred hitchcock knew how to put himself into a movie and not draw attention but be there and quentin tarantino instead cast himself in a movie just so he could say the n-word and it's not and like you could have cast a guy that could have played off of Harvey Keitel's character and Samuel L Jackson so much better than you and oh, yeah. said you totally make pulp fiction grind to a halt because And you're also in, it. in the
2: entirety like if you want to have that moment have that moment it's a movie but and also, you're making
1: the money it's your it's your yeah, film do it but also
2: just in the in the universe of pulp fiction Jules has done nothing but show you he is not someone to be trifled with Samuel Jackson's character right so who is Quentin Tarantino's character that he's gonna show up and just let him drop this in front of him (laughs) over and over and over it's just like even so much so that when they're cleaning the car him and John Travolta are arguing, like and like they're about to go at it. Like he's like, I've got a limit, and you're about to reach it. He's like, Oh well, I'm TNT. Like they're going back and forth about a situation they're in. So it's like,
1: but because Quentin Tarantino's character is married to a black woman, it's okay.
2: <sighs>
1: but, <laughs> you're totally uh, right. There's no context that's
2: for what thing, that like,
1: character is.
2: That's the thing. And and then just like his Australian character in Django, that that more so than his Pulp Fiction character. Like, I'm just, why? Yeah. Like you, Django is a borderline perfect movie. And then like the addendum of the ending of Django is good, except for just like, what is this accent you're doing? I actually
1: have blocked it out. So it's, it's, it's
2: tough. (laughs) So I'm going to read
1: off a couple of the first questions that Google autofills about Mary and Pippin. Okay. (laughs) People search for the top result. Is are Mary and Pippin played by the same actor?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little winkleby situation over here. I like oh, it.
1: Oh my gosh. The next one is are Mary and pippin best friends in real life? They are. And then uh oh, then it's basically actual normal questions. Wait, Mary and Pippin actors reveal the nude Lord of the Rings scene that almost happened. I'm sorry. What? What? IGN Southeast Asia, an article by Joseph Noop, posted July 2nd, 2021, says that The Lord of the Rings, uh, on a recent episode of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Moynihan and Boyd reveal The Lord of the Rings writer Philippa Boyens wrote a scene where both hobbits would appear nude. What? Here's the thing, there was almost, hold on, how would Boyd say it? Here's the thing, there was almost nudity in the movies. Boyd said, Philippa Boyens, she wrote a scene because we've been doing some kind of gags and winding people up. She said, oh, it's a nice scene. I can't do it. We're filming next week with the ends. When Mary and Pippin are up Treebeard, he gets afraid and shakes his branches, which makes you guys fall. And as you hit the branches on the way down and by the time you hit the ground, you're naked
2: in what universe
1: (laughs) and mary turns to pippin and says it's cold isn't it and pippin says hold me mary i think this was a gag right it had to be
2: had to be a gag
1: but pretty funny
2: i mean i i i get it like maybe in a a perfect world you know rings of power would just be like 30 minute um anthology shorts about uh the you know the the goings-on of middle earth and you know where uh I'd love to see reading uh, about the history of Marion and Pippin and we will get to it. I'd love to see them reprise their roles. Uh and and like you know older Marion Pippin. Like I think because Marion Pippin lead a great fourth age life.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it cuz that is probably one of the other benefits of having played the roles so wonderfully that they are beloved and can't be seen as anything else, that in the future, if this opportunity shows up like it is, like, you know, we um, Ulrich from Geeks with Shields was the first person to let me know that the War of the Rohirrim is happening, right? sort like they finally announced one of the movies that they're going to be making under the Lord of the Rings banner. Why wouldn't there be a Marion and Pippin film? Why couldn't they come back?
2: And this thing is that like, even, you know, uh, anthologies work so well, we've got black mirror, we've got love, death and robots. Um, and, uh, you know, a uh, world war Z is another perfect one where the movie was a fun Brad Pitt in a scarf can survive a plane crash. I don't care. It was fun. But the book is this amazing, like pre-war, during the war post-war and it's just like chapter like one was a dog trainer like you know a military dog trainer and like what went through that like one fashioned this like shovel rifle that changed the war one you know heard voices while they were traversing like zombie territory and somehow managed to survive it's like this anthology of like just series like each chapter is a different story point and I feel like Middle Earth especially and I don't know what Amazon has the rights to I don't know what Warner Brothers has the rights to it all gets very tricky and sticky right. but I feel like Anthology of just like hey today we're going to talk about Marion and Pippin and post life today we're going to talk about Sam like stuff you might know but still like oh we're gonna you know we're gonna bring Carl Urban back and what's Rohan up to after King Theoden dies because Aomer's king so we're going to do that. And it's not like Carl Urban wouldn't be down for that. And so there's just so much you could do. And speaking of Marion Pippin, what did they get into? So, by the way, I'm so excited to do, like, I know Frodo seems like the most boring character of the Fellowship, but just like, yeah, it's Frodo. We get it. You know, we lived it. Frodo seems like the most genuine person from the books, and obviously in the movies as well, because in the books, uh, both Mary and Pippin are Frodo's cousins. Right. Uh Pippin is from uh, marriage, uh, once removed, as he says at, at uh, very at-
1: important, so that way they can have sex.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> um but like so in the book, Pippin uh Frodo buys a house on the outskirts of the Shire. Right to like Pretend disguise he's, that yes. he's leaving the shire to go on the quest. At least you know he needs to go to Rivendell, and his friends are so down with that that they help him move. One already real friends helping them move, especially without like. There's no U-Haul. There's we no don't trucks. talk enough about
1: Fatty. By the way, though, he does. Fatty get-
2: is the unsung hero that literally moves into frodo's house and and dresses like frodo to keep the ruse up meanwhile before they get to frodo's new house they run into the nazgul uh yeah so they like this isn't like some oh we you know in the movies it's kind of like you know they're thrust into it and then their fomo like takes the better of them like oh where are we going and but They know what they're getting into. They
1: elect to. They say, we will not leave you. We are going with you. And Fatty has the, the, you know, uh, berries and twigs to say, I'm going to stay behind, but still do an incredibly noble job and still get accosted.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Like, does not give up the info. Like, stays strong. But and you're totally
1: right. They are not happenstance thrown into this. They're involved and they choose yeah, there, to Yeah, there
2: is a shortcut to Mushrooms, but it isn't like, a, oh, we ran into Merry and Pippin and I guess you're kind of stuck with us. But no, it's just like they know what they're getting into and they don't care. Mm-hmm. They are in it. Like there's a quote. "Is like you can count on us to be faithful. You can count on us to do A, B and C, but you can't count on us to let you do this by yourself. That's something you cannot count on. And like it's just like, hmm.
1: I know. That's
2: a real one right there. It's beautiful. And... Uh, they make it through, uh, they meet Tom Bombadil and then they meet the Barrow Whites, which that would be, I think that, you know, we, we always talk about stuff we want to see on Rings of Power. I think the Barrow Whites are something we could realistically see.
1: Interesting. With the,
2: with the, what do they call The Harfoots? The not the Hobbits? The Harfoots.
1: Yeah. Yes. The Harfoots. I
2: think that would be an interesting thing because, you know, Tom Bombadil is this ageless person. Maybe we run into him and Goldberry. I would love that and we, maybe we, we get we to see the Barrow White, right
1: we did Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell <laughs> <Yeah>. yes
2: <laughs> Kurt Russell in his big old Santa Claus beard that's what and I'm Goldie telling Hawn you still looking gorgeous as ever frolicking through the forest uh, give me it right now <laughs> give me it right now
1: but they go through absolute hell in they the do Bar- in the Barrow White situation
2: like they only get out because Frodo remembers the song to summon Tom Bombadil otherwise like i can't remember who like frodo wakes up and then a bar weight has a dagger to someone's throat i can't remember which of the of the four it is um but yeah absolutely They were all
1: but dead like yeah. it, it, so i don't know that they don't go it's one of the worst drop-ins to the situation that they're in because i don't know that anything is much worse than that like that like they were also just lured and lulled to sleep, right? And then they had to deal with the repercussions of potentially dying. It's one thing being, I guess being chased is horrible. I don't know. So one of the things that I was trying to do my best while doing my most recent read through with Alex is differentiate Mary and Pippin and trying to figure out um, the ways to remember that better. Okay. And so Pippin's younger, is that correct? Pippin is younger. Right. And Mary, which again doesn't follow suit with how I view Dominic Moynihan's character, like a bit like personality. I view him as way more like young and like, hey, bro, kind of thing. But he does all this reach research and he's like half the exposition king in the book he's like oh well i studied isengard so i know what the surrounding area is and this is yeah. that river he really took the time when he was in rivendell and forgive me if i'm again misconstruing the two of them but like he's like this is important to me i'm gonna rem- i'm gonna learn all the places that were set to go
2: because it- oh yeah like uh i need to look up the title of the books but like after okay uh so he after the the in the fourth age in his old age he writes the the herb lore of the shire the old words and names in the shire the reckoning of years like he writes these like amazing glossary index books like what a cyclopedia britannica style books for the shire so like I think we do get a. I think you're underselling Merry just a little bit, or just misremembering, because like he is the older brother of Pippin. Like he is like you know.
1: He acts like it, or is he literally like? No, he
2: acts like it. Yeah, he acts like it. Like he he does act like it because you know you know in I I, I say it where like Pippin's just he's just the worst. We we love Pippin. He's
1: the worst. He's
2: just the worst
1: well no that's why i'm saying i'm giving dominic the the bad rap mary is on it mary yeah. did the research pippin is knocking over barrels and awakening the balrog you know he's he's problem he's touching what
2: is he a leaf
1: <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying if a bucket can wake the balrog and that's what happened canon he, but he also he touches the 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 circle orb that
2: the palantir? the palantir. that's the thing is that like it it is a strange thing is that we have him being the worst in fellowship you know like oh like I'll knock your head against this and you know like the bucket and everything and then we have you know like uh almost ratting out Frodo at the prancing pony oh my god and but then in Two Towers, and, you know, he's kind of being naive about it. He's like, oh, the Ents don't want to fight. That's okay. We're going to go home, and we're going to smoke pipeweed, and everything's going to be okay. And Mary's like, this doesn't end here. You don't – you're not getting it. Like, the the thing – like, the, the pictures are not picturing in your head. Mm-hmm. They are going to come for us next. Once this war is over, there's not going to be a Shire. And so Pippin has the 200 IQ move of, like, oh, take us south because he knows – that all the trees have been cut down and he's like once he sees this oh, it's going to go down wow. and it works and so there's that you know that character growth moment for Pippin but then he goes right back and i can't really blame him because the Planters like this incredible dark magic that's and got a hold it's of
1: him. him right because like...
2: in the book he doesn't see it at first because like you know in the, in the movie uh, it, it falls out when Saruman dies right. And he picks it up And like you know He gets like a little glimpse of it He's like ooh what's this And then Gandalf's like Give me that, Give yeah, me yeah, that. yeah 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 <laughs> But in, in the book He doesn't have that Gandalf just immediately takes it Without anyone seeing it And like Pippin's like I don't know if he's drawn to it or something he's
1: like it's like whispering it's I mean without whispering to him he is compelled to get up and look at it
2: but but even then he's just like oh yeah like it's gonna be fine right and Mary's like you don't get it Sauron (laughs) thinks you have the ring they are gonna come after you now and and so like you have those moments and I I was talking about this where like we all know you know Mary rides with uh Eowyn and I'm pretty someone can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure in the book Mary doesn't know that that's Eowyn until she fights in the
1: book he doesn't know he uh, that's would...
2: insane
1: <laughs> well first of all they do describe Aowen's male character as like, like her hair or something like that um as uh, he's wearing the armor as they all are but that he's a little bit smaller and it's not like he spent a lot of time with eowyn up to this point by the way i'm pretty That's sure it's they not were... like in the movie
2: where she's like giving him the armor and the sword and everything
1: correct and because i think they just come back to where eowyn is just after aragorn and legolas and gimli leave to go to the dead guys so yeah,
2: that is a cooler part in the book when like they don't even make it back to edoras in the book they're like halfway there and that like where in the book or in the movie where pippin views the the plantier on the way back they're not at edoras when that happens they're like halfway there and then gandalf takes the plantier and like a nazgul flies over and they're like we gotta go it's like there's no rest for the wicked over here and Gandalf takes him from Gondor from there Aragorn goes on the path of the dead and it's all insanity from there
1: which is the smartest part of Peter Jackson to know to truncate all of those things yes. instead of because like even Alex and I were like no no Aragorn goes to Edoras and then they they all were at helms deep don't worry that's when aragorn looked at the plan here it's confusing because they're the timeline's also off too like we're seeing things happen a day ahead of time and then behind, you know it goes backward so so my thing is is i also mary is going through an ex, existential crisis much in the same way that aon is because he's been told to to stay behind mm-hmm. so he is Feeling for the, he's feeling like the compound fracture of not being good enough this entire time. Yeah, of uh, I we're too small. We're not. You know, I think it got. It had to have felt good to know that Aragorn and Legolas and gimli hunted for them and even at the potential of them being dead went to go save them so that's gotta feel good but then when you're looking at theoden and like what he's about to do and literally probably going to die on the battlefield and Theoden saying you can't come you'd be a waste of space basically he's way too self-involved and then when they're on the ride when him and eowyn are on the ride and in the book he doesn't know it's eowyn he's scared poopless
2: (laughs) oh God, he, yes. He's beginning he, like, to realize he's regretting that it was a his mistake. decision.
1: Correct. He's like, now I fully understand why they didn't want me along. And so I'm with you. That's a really long-winded way to say, I'm with you that it's weird that he doesn't know it's Eowyn, but there's a lot of reasons I can see why he doesn't. Because we're also led to not believe it's her, too. We have no yeah. reason to believe it is. And that's like one
2: of those weird, like, there's, I'll, I'll only watch the extended versions now, but there is a part in the extended version where, like, they're kind of making camp after like you know aewyn picks him up and like yes. in the movie he knows that it's her but like there's a part where they're like hanging out and he's talking about like his fears of like because like Aowen seems afraid you know as well which who wouldn't be it's like even the greatest battle of the third third age um and like she's got like her helmet off and her hair out and everyone's like there's the entire army around like It was just, like, one of those weird things, like, they're not, like, off by themselves, which, like, would have been good. She's just chilling, and they're like, all right, let's go, and she's like, okay, and then, you know, Eowyn,
1: what? (laughs) And to be fair, she's not in the square that rides with Théoden, but you're totally right, that's, like, not how it would go down at all. And interestingly enough, too, to that exact same point... Eowyn's probably gotta be going, what am I doing? Because in the book, I really feel like her choice is motivated by the fact that she feels rejected by Aragorn. Aragorn also told her she can't come along and she feels useless, but then is also go, she she really, there's like a nihilistic choice that she's making by going. Yeah. it's not, I don't know how altruistic it is, ultimately. I
2: think it's, you know, everyone's looking because Everyone that's close to like this, you know, royalty and everything, because in the end, there's a lot of just pawns and just foot soldiers that die nameless in this war. Right, absolutely. But, you know, like, we don't watch this stuff for them. We watch Game of Thrones. We don't Mm -hmm. watch Game of Peasants, you know, Game of (laughs) Villagers. We play that (laughs) and it's very fun.
1: We watch Game of Tom Cruise.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just like everyone's looking for their purpose in this. And... Eowyn knows that she just doesn't want to be like quote unquote in her own words like uh, just a wife and a mother like to die because she's seen what happened to the like the defenseless women of this country like like she says in the movies like women that don't know how to use swords can still die on the end of them like and she doesn't want that life she doesn't want to be a, a cage where old old age takes her without purpose and glory. And so that that's I don't think that that's nihilistic of her because it's the same thing that Aomer is like, oh, you know, like, even though it's like it's the cause of men, it's the it's the the driving force behind men. It's just not, you know, like he even says, like, war is the place for men, like when the fear, like when he talks about Mary, it's like when the fear takes him, when there's blood and screams around him, he will run because he sh- and, and like and but he says like and he should because he would die if he didn't wow now mary gets very lucky in this fight and you know gets buried under an olifant and doesn't get killed but he's and not wrong where it's just like yeah hobbits would not do well and like you know uh, i'll say uh later on uh and you know the because Tolkien doesn't write battles, like, and that's the thing. That's the best part. That's a
1: good point.
2: It's the biggest difference in the books and the movies is that, like, there's a little description of Helm's Deep. There's a little description of Pelennor Fields. But Battle of the Five Armies, Bilbo gets knocked out. Done. Yeah. And then in the Battle of the Black Gate, uh pippin saves Baragond by stabbing a troll and the troll falls on top of him and then pippin blacks out and that's the end of the battle for us (laughs) like so it's it's actually
1: smart that's interesting it is very
2: smart because it is hard to write action it's hard to write action and so it's just like hobbits don't wouldn't do well and it just like wouldn't be realistic. They aren't battle hardened dwarves, which are right. thicker and stockier than hobbits and have like grown up in the mines like this this hard life. Hobbits are, are soft, gentle people who like to farm and smoke weed and we love that about them. And they rise to the occasion when they need to, but when it comes up to just straight fighting, they're not gonna win and that's totally okay.
1: Well, I mean, they use their wits to get them to win. Yes. And and, you know, that's an old philosophy that just because this guy's really strong, that doesn't mean he's always gonna win out against the really wimpy thin dude. That wimpy thin dude has a better brain, right? So it, it all comes out in the wash. But you're right. I, I think it's just such a brilliant. I've never put it heard it put so plainly. For people to love the Lord of the Rings for these epic fights and these epic battles and like the the basically with everything and life on the line we hardly hear about it and it's fascinating fascinating But yeah
2: and so I was thinking about this too where Mary's big moment is stabbing the witch king in the leg and ending like helping to end that terror like that's kind of like his big I'm not afraid. I'm here for a reason because no mortal man could have done that. That's why him and Eowyn are there. They single-handedly turn the tide along with, you know, the ghost army. Um, What is Pippin's big moment in this trilogy? What do you think, like?
1: Pippin's big moment is saving Faramir.
2: Saving Faramir? That's that's what I thought.
1: So Denethor loses his damn mind and... I also think I just been rereading the whole sequence with Pippin coming into Gondor and getting you know put in awe of the Rings of the Circle. He absolutely he claims he tells Denethor, "I'm just gonna serve you. It's your fault. My your son's dead. I just am gonna be your servant," which is insane. He's pledging his life. <laughs> to an insane he gets man. gaslit
2: into serving.
1: kind of he kind of does because also denethor they don't talk about it in the movies as much that guy is intensely smart and a little too like he's he his is, own he is here. much
2: smarter in the books like he is he is not unaware of what is happening around him
1: oh and he he can like read pippin like a book he can read gandalf legitimately hates him not like theoden's mad because he's you know being possessed Denethor and Gandalf do not like each other, but no. I think it's possibly because they're very similar people Yeah, they're and schemers. Denethor just, well, yes, and they have the ability to see what could happen, but Denethor just uses that information in a worse way. I'm, I get so mad at Pippin for yet again making, oh, maybe I get mad at Pippin because I'm more like him. He makes this impulsive decision to, to serve Denethor, but it puts him in a unique position to save faramir because denethor is all is lost in like a blink of an, of an eye is throwing oil on himself like he's going to ibiza and he's going to burn him and his son alive and if it wasn't for i mean you just also see how gregarious and lovely pippin is because he makes it friends with like the other you know, guard dude and the guard dudes he kid.
2: Does, like, we do not we don't see that either. Like he makes all the friends in like his three days in Minas Tirith.
1: Like he's, he's... walking hand in hands with like the kid. Like it's he's BFs <laughs> with Oh yeah. These people that would die for him. Which also ingratiates him it's that kind of rapport that he builds immediately as a hobbit by the way to your exact point a job only he could do which Mm -hmm. is ingratiate himself become friends serve these people as friends and family immediately that make them believe that actually denethor isn't in his right mind
2: yeah it's like they they take him as a child and so like you know if gandalf rode up with like another dude they'd be like oh who's this, who's this guy?
1: 100%. They might this, have been afraid of him. Who's this Gandalf's
2: America? friend dude? I don't, I don't know. I've heard a lot from Denethor about this Gandalf. I don't, I don't like this. 100%! But they take him so innocently that he just like, oh yeah, like, you know, like at the Prancing Pony, like he walks up to the bar and they're like, hey, what's up? Have a beer on me. Like, oh, tell, what's this Baggins is, huh? <laughs> and like, you know, but that's before, you know, Pippin's on game. But in Minas Tirith, he's like, oh, you want me to find out some information? You want me to sow some seeds of dissent here pippin's on his full worm tongue game game when he's in He's here it honestly. all he
1: knows what he's doing so he really I, is so I he's think great you, you bring up a great point that only mary can stab the witch king and do that job by uh, and and everyone is playing their respective you know what, It Lord of the Rings, it's not Fast and Furious. It's Marvel Endgame, baby. There's only one situation that makes everything work and everyone's got their roles to play. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mary's able to handle the Witch King with Eowyn. And if Pippin doesn't stupidly claim himself as Denethor's dude, Faramir wouldn't go on to actually be an amazing, you know, love match for A. That's interesting. Mary and Pippin save the two people that end up falling in love
2: they do because Mary stays behind in in the books he's at the houses of healing uh they, he doesn't march to the black gate uh with the rest of them
1: yeah because he's also gotten hurt pretty majorly Yeah, he's got as the
2: well. the black breath or the the dark breath on him from the witch king like uh, right. serious poisoning
1: so but but their actions together are it's like tiers of characters right they finally these these things collide and they make it so that those two can be together which is a fantastic pairing it's a beautiful love story and i think it's their hobbit qualities that uniquely make them uh appropriate for the services that they provided in war it's very similar was it um the the jerky emo king who said if or was it gandalf who said to uh, Bilbo. That if we all just valued smoking and eating more than gold, we'd all be better off. In the Hobbit. Oh,
2: I feel like it was. It was. It was to Bilbo for sure. I just don't know who it was. It was one of those dudes. I, yeah.
1: Because I, I feel like it was different in the books that, than it was in the movies, and I can't remember. But it's also this. The, the the. I think it was the, Thorin. It was Thorin. I think. Yeah. But but that means like these people. They're an example of how you can live in harmony without being, you could have your minor minor quabbles and you hate, you know, the Baggins is whatever, you know, the people who want to steal your spoons, but learning how to live a happier life, the hobbits are there for us to, to like, want to be better versions of them. To your exact point earlier, Frodo is probably even better than aragorn is here's a little bit of stuff that i don't like that he does when it comes to like gollum and we'll get to that when we talk about frodo but he's like super righteous and he, he is his moral aptitude is beyond high and it i think it is somewhat watching from watching aragorn and going okay i can be that way but there's a reason frodo is the protagonist and we somehow love him more than we did Bilbo. There's, there's a reason yeah so anyway yeah the hobbits are dope
2: they really are dope and i do love i wish they would have included this but i know that you know eowyn and theoden like have a great moment together as he's dying on the field but he does say to mary to think of him in days of peace as he sits with his pipe as he's dying on the battle of Pelinar. and that's just very sweet because he, he he does have a more of a relationship with theoden than he does with eowyn in, in the books correct yes like they talk quite a bit in the books
1: theoden loves him
2: Loves him. Like, and so like he's not he's so happy to see him as he's dying, like like because he didn't think he'd see him again. And so he was very happy to see him one more time. Um All when, these things
1: that didn't wasn't right about, too, mind you. Yeah. You know, like, I mean he wasn't wrong about.
2: about it. He wasn't wrong with like the rider a rider couldn't bear him, but because Aowen was also smaller and lighter, the horse could bear them on that journey. And times out of 10, Mary shouldn't be there, but every once in a while in a grand fairy tale at the right moment, at the right time, Michael Jordan passes to Steve Kerr and (laughs) Steve Kerr makes the game winning (laughs) shot, not Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. If only LeBron knew how to like, you know, play ball with the other team members, then he could be I don't know. Uh, we
2: don't need we're not going to get into that debate because okay. there is a debate to be had. Whether you think LeBron is I the greatest or Michael is the greatest. I don't think that's he's the greatest, totally
1: but I also don't think that LeBron is a big ball hog as everyone thinks he is.
2: He's not a ball hog. Co-
1: Kobe is. A lot of people like to think that the team wouldn't win if it wasn't for LeBron. That's not necessarily. I mean, it's been true of every, every NBA titled team, you need one dude that's like incredible. But Kobe was a ball hog anyway.
2: Look at the team. I'll just. This is all I say. Look at the team that LeBron drug to the finals in 2007.
1: I'm not saying it isn't because name one
2: other player from that team. You can't. You literally can't. I but, could because they played the Spurs. Uh, but other than that, you could not.
1: You poor Spurs fan. Um I've hey, got, just... got
2: five titles in my lifetime. <laughs> and we got the first round pick, baby. Victor Wembanyama, here we come. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> I'm going to a Clippers game as cheap as possible, and I might go to a Lakers game because that's going to be expensive, but I'd like to see Victor Wembanyama play against LeBron. That'd I would really love
1: cool. to go. I love I would love to go to Clippers game. I really did. Um
2: I was so mad when I moved to LA, the Kings sucked and the Clippers sucked. The day I moved to like right before I moved to LA, the Clippers get Blake Griffin prices go up kings win two stanley cups in a row prices go up i was like oh God, I,
1: I will say have, this i did wait on blake cheap. griffin and his family and he was super nice <laughs> so i'm sure
2: he's very nice but yeah. i still blame him for ticket prices being you're totally way too right
1: high. <laughs> but he did bring legitimacy to that otherwise clown show of a oh, team
2: for sure absolutely
1: anyway so bring it your clown show <laughs> uh
2: so we all know of uh, the biggest thing that wasn't included in the movies is the sc- scoring of the shire and that is where Merry and Pippin truly—I don't want to say truly—shine. But they take everything that they have learned, everything that they have seen around them, and they become like the generals of the Hobbit army. Do in they the really? I
1: haven't gotten that far again, and it's been a long time since I've read that section.
2: They become the generals of the Hobbit army wow. and like complete like because Frodo is like, I have no more enemies. I have done my duty. Like I don't want to lead. Oh, he's I done. Part yeah. Of- yeah. Frodo is done with with Middle-earth he is waiting to sail to the Undying Lands and he's like I've i done my job like, and
1: rightfully so he's yes. done
2: yes he is clocked out and he's living on his 401k right now That's
1: incredible.
2: um Pippin names his son Faramir and Pippin's son Faramir Ugh. marries Sam's third daughter
1: Okay, good. I was just trying to do the math. And I was like, no, no, it's the, they're the same age. How sweet is that? Yes.
2: Uh, Pippin becomes the Thane of the Shire. Uh, Mary becomes, I can't remember the title. Oh, I should have wrote right. it down. But like Mary also becomes like the leader of like Buckland. And okay. like the Thane is like for the Tooks. And so like they all, they both become leaders. Sam also becomes a leader. We'll talk about that when we talk about Sam. And
1: Sam, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
2: Yeah, they all become like basically the the trifecta. So much so that aragorn puts them on his king's council like makes it makes it official positions all three of them bans big folk from entering the shire literally like build the wall but in the good way in a good way yeah in a very like we're gonna keep the peace you guys are gonna stay out of there this is for the little people great and then at their old age they travel to edoras to see Aomer right before he passes away i think Aomer they said he passed away either 92 or 93. okay uh, the not king great of...
1: for a numenorean but you know amir's
2: not numenorean is isn't
1: he? he's condorian right isn't there Numenora? no he's he's Ro- or here, rohan or thank you you're right he's done yeah yeah so he's good he did good yeah
2: 92 is not bad he did good um and so after they leave uh edoras they travel to gondor and live out their days with aragorn until they die and they are buried with aragorn in the hall of kings stop they are buried in the hall of kings in Minas Tirith. <sighs>
1: there that is so special
2: like and that's what i love is that their story doesn't end in the fourth age when it or like the, at the end of the ring and it could have, but like, they go on to do such amazing things. And like I said, you know, Mary wrote, you know, all these indexes and glossaries, like they didn't stop. No. And you know, I'm not saying that like Frodo stopped, but I think he was so tied with the ring that like, like he says in the movie, you know, like we've saved something, but I didn't save it for me. I saved it for you guys. Like I'm, I'm not a part of this world anymore i'm a part of the elves like just like all of their time ended with the third age my time ended with the third age as well and i'm so glad you guys have to you guys have this and we've all done our part to have this but i'm moving on
1: they he he was the one who was drained the most the stab alone um, yes put him into a different echelon of weakness and pain too that like like it what a perfect allegory or um I, the word is escaping me it's another a word but like not only was he stabbed and that physically ailed him for the rest of his life the ptsd of it all did too but then you have sam was like you know what i'm good i'm just going to continue writing i'm going to have a 10 babies and then i'm going to go on the boat
2: <laughs> yeah and uh oh uh, also uh because they drink the ent draft they're they tall the, the tallest hobbits in recorded history I need tallest. me some end draft. I want to be like six six. That'd be great.
1: I always just wanted one more inch. Just like I, I, I cling to my six and a half inches. Um, the does that does that translate to their children? Do their children get a little bit of? It didn't say. I'm really curious. I bet. Right? I bet you they were like,
2: the little you know NBA players uh, in in the Shire over there.
1: Pippin's wife is literally called Diamond, and if that's not an NBA mm. wife's name, that I that is definitely. Don't i don't know
2: yeah what is it oh real housewives of the shire
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the anthology bro (laughs) absolutely
2: i'm gonna see some reality tv for the shire for middle earth that'd be great so
1: if there was something that mary and pippin have taught you or the actors have taught you or that has stuck with you what would it be because you've shared some awesome awesome history facts about them it's
2: the world will try not everyone is going to be famous not everyone is going to be remembered for the annals of history for everybody to remember your name but for your small group of friends for your community uh for whoever you touch you need to be remembered for doing great deeds and whether that great deeds is saving the entire earth or, you know, just being there for somebody and helping them through hard times and truly making great changes of what you can. Like I said, not everyone's gonna be famous. Not everyone's gonna be a celebrity and you don't wanna be a celebrity, especially now you don't oh want God. to be. You could be a local celebrity. Like you can even even in- now, I, know. I even if I changed my career, I would just wanna be like a character actor. Like just be a character actor. You're just working and then you get to go home and maybe someone interviews you every once in a while,
1: but, you but then still go to the you grocery get to go store. home.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can still go shopping. And you just sit like, I, I went to a bar, uh, by my apartment. And, um, what's his name? David Koechner, uh, champ from anchorman came in and we were just talking and the bar was like, Oh, uh, David, your usual He's like, yeah, my usual. And then he left. And, and no, there was it. no paparazzi outside. There was no TMZ Instagram story about how he's canceled. Um, uh, because he talked to you (laughs) yeah because he talked to me um but it's you make changes where you can and you don't let anybody tell you that you can't because that's the main thing about the hobbits in these movies that they are constantly being told what they cannot do and they keep proving people wrong and that's all you got to do is just prove someone wrong.
1: Dang, Ben, you just dropped some like intense, beautiful knowledge on me. <laughs> and like I don't even want to continue the podcast uh, for the rest of this episode. But I will say, if you want to go find Ben doing some cool stuff, you could go to, is it Ben Goddard TTV currently on Twitch right now still?
2: Yes, Ben Goddard, the Ben Goddard. Oh no, Ben Goddard TTV.
1: And then other places, it's the Ben Goddard. Yes. Um, and you can find this show at uh, Pod of the Rings on Instagram. No, Podcast of the Rings on Instagram, Pod of the Rings on Twitter. And you can also join us on Patreon if you want, and then we're going to have to watch, uh, you know, the porn. What is it? Uh,
2: Lord of the G-Strings. Lord of the
1: G-Strings, if we get to 10... (laughs) which is a low number folks it's a low number we can get there we we, got this we got this uh so help us out by going to patreon.com forward slash pod in the rings i'm jessica linverde and until next time ben
2: wait who are we doing next week it is your choice oh crap
1: oh crapola um i totally forgot that i had this luxury we can't do legolas again which is really sad um
2: I mean, we could do another hour of thirst. Like, <laughs> we're let's be real. We so, <laughs> so, really so good.
1: We so good. You know what? Let's do a one. Let's do it. Let's do a good human. Let's talk about her. Do or you no, do wait, A1 and aomer Hold the, on. The the,
2: the Ro- I feel Rohirrim? like they were
1: they've been so deeply entrenched in the two people we just talked about. It might be good to just totally jump, and it's probably Gimli. Let's do Gimli. Let's I like do Gimli. It. Let's do Gimli. And then we'll, because Awen I want to do, but we've talked a lot about her recently, yes. especially with Arwen's. So Gimli is a good jump from here because then we, we can get some dwarf under our belt. I like it. All right. Good. Good. All right. Until I see you next time when we talk about Gimli.
2: Mara roads lead to each other again. I said it wrong, but <laughs> I don't care.
1: We're we'll like leaving it. on that, baby. Let's go.